It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey guys, you ready to let the dogs out? What? Do what? Let the dogs out. You know, like, who let the dogs out? Who, who? Off the Hook, airing on offthehooksports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. Always available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Always available wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Well, get on board now because we have a lot to talk about. Not the direction that we expected to take on this Tuesday morning, November the 21st, but certainly didn't see what we thought we would see when Tennessee took the field on Saturday and wow 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 I've got a lot of things that I want to get to Chris Landry is going to join us we're going to break down what role NIL played and an altercation last week in the game Uh, we've got a lot to get to coverage that you just can't find anywhere else but first good morning Amanda LaFrada how are you Good morning, Dave. I'm doing well. Just a little, a little under the weather, but I think that's from traveling all over God's creation. So you sound a little raspy. I would say 30 degree weather in Lambeau probably didn't help. But uh, so we've got a lot to get to. Uh, we want to get your thoughts on the game on Saturday, a game that really nobody saw it coming and uh, good Monday morning to you. Did I say Tuesday, John? Sorry about that. Did I say Tuesday? I don't think I, I did. Have no idea. Good Monday morning to you. The nightmare that just keeps getting worse, Lyman said. So let's get into it now. The Down and Dirty at 30 brought to you by our friends at Guardian Investment Groups. Guardian Investment Groups will provide you with a 
secure and strong financial future. Nowadays, with video teleconferencing, you can go anywhere. And when they talk to you about where they think you should put your money, they're going to explain why. Go to GIAplantoday.com, GIAplantoday.com. Solid financial advice across the board. You can get some of the best thanks to video teleconferencing. Okay, so let's get started. Let's go back to Saturday, and I want to get your thoughts before I get into some of mine uh, about how Tennessee played. I can't imagine uh, the Columbia collapse being any worse than it was because it was really, really bad from the get. And I thought that um, I thought it would get better after the first quarter, after the first half. I kept thinking, thinking, thinking that this has to get better. And it did not. Amanda LaFrada, what did you think of the game during and then we'll get into some of the things that we've learned after. So during the game, it felt like the 2019 Alabama-Clemson national title game where Clemson took off and you just kept thinking, okay, Alabama's going to come back. Okay, Alabama's going to come back. Okay, well, they're going to they're gonna come back. And they never did. They never did. It, it felt very similar to that. Um, <clears throat> it just looked like especially the defensive side. I mean, you noticed it before the rumors started. It looked like the defense was not playing. Like they weren't playing up to par. They they just looked confused. There's a lot of talking back and forth, especially from people who weren't covering like their people. They're talking to these wide receivers and they're not even covering them. So I don't understand what that was about. I think that's embarrassing all all the way around. It's embarrassing to get you know, to start talking and then get blown by the wide receiver you're supposed to be covering. I so was, I don't I thought it was way too chirpy. Go ahead. Yeah, it was, it was a, there was a lot. And then for a lot of, you know, Tennessee fans came out and were like blaming the officiating. And I'm like, you can't have it both ways. You can't say in one game, that's the officiating. And then in another game, you can say, well, that's just how it's called. There's no bias on officiating. No, I can't have it both ways. I didn't really hear any complaints about officiating. The reason I didn't is because it was so one-sided. Heck, Tennessee could have gotten 10 calls go their way, and they're still not going to win that football game. Um, The chirpiness, I thought, was a a, a sign of frustration that bled over from the week. And uh, we can kind of start to get into that. Uh, Some comments from the message board. John says, dumpster fire. John said, did we have a run play every second down in the game? Uh, A couple of things that I think were at play is that, um, number one, uh, Tennessee. Now, I'm just talking about football, and then I'm going to get into the NIL issue, the altercation that happened last week. And we have. Um, a report on that on offthehooksports.com if you want to read there. So, But as far as the football aspect of it, I think Tennessee um, did two things that really, really hurt them. I feel like there is an absolute directive to get the ball to Cedric, Cedric Tillman when he's in the game. Remember, he wasn't in the game for Missouri because of precautionary reasons. He did play against Georgia. They forced him the ball early. He didn't break up one of the interceptions that was deep down the right sideline, a near side if you're watching on TV. 
And I thought he should have done anything possible to break that up, pass interference, whatever. You know, you've got to break that intercept. That's a jump ball. You have got to break that up. And I felt like early in that game, they tried to force him the ball. So I thought the same thing against South Carolina early in that game, that they tried to force him the ball. I'm not, I'm not in any way criticizing Cedric Tillman, but it just seemed like there is this directive to get him involved. And I appreciate that, but this offense was in a flow. It had been a good flow before Cedric Tillman was in the game. If you want to go way back early in the season, um, you know, th- there were times that uh, Tennessee wasn't in the ultimate flow when Cedric Tillman was in the game. So uh, Amanda, and, and I'm particularly pointing to the Pittsburgh game. So for whatever reason, Cedric Tillman in the game changes this offense. Okay. Jamie says Hooker was overshooting receivers again as well. I agree. The chemistry uh, across the board was just really, really bad. And it had been so good that it's befuddling. Absolutely befuddling. Amanda, I would add this. On the other side of the football, I think that Tennessee, for one of two reasons, and then we're going to get into this NIL altercation that I believe happened last week. So with this NIL altercation... Um, well, let me start with maybe Tim Banks went into that game, Amanda, and thought that they could play Spencer Rattler straight up. And that's essentially what they did. Gone were the exotic twists on splitses that I bragged about all year that I've like, man, he has really maximized what he's got up front because Tennessee's secondary is not going to suddenly turn into four Deion Sanders. They're not okay. They're not going to turn into a Deion Sanders, uh, you know, a Ronnie lot. It's just not going to happen. They are limited. We know that Tennessee did a great job for most of the season in overcoming that with twists, stunts, splits, and exotic looks up front. They didn't do that. They started to a little bit in the second half, but they didn't do that, which leads me to believe one of two things. And it's going to be the latter. Amanda, it leads me to believe that they thought they could just play Spencer Rattler in this offense straight up and win, or that they weren't comfortable chemistry-wise. Because when you do those things, you open up gaps for big plays if you're doing all the twists and the stunts. That leads me to what I believe happened last week. And I was told an altercation came up between Hendon Hooker and Jeremy Banks. I was not told if that was as physical as some people have uh, led you to believe. And maybe it was. And Joe Milton had a step in the middle of it. That may be true. I cannot tell you that I was able to confirm that. Um, But, what I know is there was an altercation um, and it was at least somewhat over uh, an NIL money. Now, at some point, you, you, you if you're a grown up, Amanda, you have to look at the situation and say that Jeremy Banks has been arrested before and threatened the police and it's video recorded. You can go back and look it up. 
And on the other side, you have Hendon Hooker, that the first time he gets in trouble at Tennessee, uh, the next time he gets in trouble at Tennessee will be his first. Okay. So if, if you're, if you're basing where you're spending your corporate dollars on those two guys, it's pretty obvious where you're going to end up. If you do a little bit of research, maybe you talk to both, maybe in the initial stages, you've forgotten about that arrest that was in what 2019. That's quite possible, but anybody that's going to spend more than, you know, a couple hundred bucks uh, I mean, I, I vetted guys. I did research for Jacob Warren and Cooper Mays. And obviously that's worked out fantastic. But if you are going to invest six digits or seven digits, you're certainly going to do, you probably have your own department that does this type of research. You've worked in private investigating before. You know that that stuff's all findable. It doesn't disappear off the web. No, it's easily findable too. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know half the tricks you know, and it took me 30 seconds because mm-hmm. uh, I'd forgotten, quite frankly, the Jeremy Banks thing was that ugly. So, as adults, you being 24, me being 48, as adults, we know that that's a pretty darn easy decision, right? that you're going to go with the guy. I don't care if he's maybe overexposed or not. And you could argue that Hendon Hooker was getting to the point where he was overexposed. I'm not going to go to the Jeremy Banks route. And it's asking a lot for a 21 or 22-year-old person to get that. Some would get it. Some won't. I don't think Jeremy Banks got it. And I don't think he realized that yes, those things still matter. They still affect your reputation years later. And Amanda, I believe that a couple of things happened. There was a team chemistry issue. I'm sure some people would side with Jeremy Banks, kind of like a quarterback debate on a team. Nothing rips a team apart faster than a quarterback debate. It's the worst. I think there was some of that going on. I think there was also not a quarterback debate, but just a debate between two players. And I think that Tim Banks suddenly at the end of the week was like, I've dialed up my usual offense. Let's get rolling. Let's do this. And they weren't comfortable doing that stuff because one of their key players was gone and didn't even make the trip. So, Amanda, I think both schematically, team chemistry-wise, both of those, that Tennessee was hamstrung before the coin was even flipped on Saturday afternoon. Because that was not just a regular loss where a couple of breaks went South Carolina's way. That was not a regular loss. That was not coming out flat. They had too much to play for. Your thoughts on those two things and how that NIL altercation might have affected things. I think we all, well, I don't know if we all do, but going into the season, you knew the NIL was going to affect things. Like I, I knew it would affect things because again, these are 18 to 22 year olds. I know Hendon's 24, but <clears throat> jealousy, they're kids. Anytime a kid gets a new toy and another kid doesn't, 
there's jealousy involved. And I don't care how, you know, mature this team is. I don't care, you know, how well coached and yada, yada. There's NIL issues everywhere. Look at Texas A&M. We, we're seeing that. Number one recruiting class, three and six season, or now three and four and seven. I can't remember what it is. Anyway, just very underachieved. Will not make it to a bowl game. Uh, Alabama, look at, I mean, I can tell you there are NIL issues everywhere. And, and there are. And we knew this was going to be a problem because there's no rhyme or reason to NIL. People get to pick who they want to represent them. And, and that's it as far as businesses go. Doesn't have to be fair. There are no rules. There are no regulations. It's just we have this group and they're going to give these people money. And depending on who likes who, that's who's getting the money. Now, with Jeremy Banks being, how can you not understand that your past is out there? How can you not understand that the words that you said that are you are video recorded on saying that you want to kill all policemen or, or whatever? How can you not understand that the Internet is forever? That stuff doesn't go away. That's my thing is, is the, the feeling like you're owed something. You're not. You're not owed anything. The NIL is not to pay every player. It's, you know, which I, again, disagreed with. I think that players should get paid the same amount if they're playing. That's just my opinion. But <clears throat> I think to make it fair and to go across the board, you pay them just like you pay anybody that works for the university. That means not a bunch of money, not name, image, likeness. But if you're Jeremy Banks, how do you not see this coming? Unless you are just completely well, deluded. Well, young and ignorant. And ignorant, for the record, is not does not mean a person's stupid. It means they're uninformed. No. Okay, so right. I'm not I'm not calling anybody stupid. Sometimes I use that word, and people get uh, a little sideways on it. Ignorant means he's uninformed, and that people are going to factor that in and do background research. And he probably hoped it just faded into the distance, but it it didn't. Um, Lyman said, "Was there anything to the rumor about Banks stepping on the tee and refusing push-ups?" I, I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to go back to a comment that Nug said. Nug said, "I'd rather not speculate. I would like to know the truth." I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling what I'm telling you is what I know. I'm not telling. I'm not speculating. I know that there was an altercation. So I, um, and I believe firmly that it was sparked by nil money. Now. So I, I'm I'm not speculating. It would be speculating. I've heard the tea talk and the push-ups and all that stuff. Uh, that that to me would be speculating. I don't. That sounds to me like the rumors run wild. In, in my opinion, I mean, I mean, I that if you, if you say do some push-ups and you can go to South Carolina and you don't do push-ups and you're just, I mean, something's really wrong with you. So. Yeah. Um, I, I don't I'm not going down that path just to tell you that I'm not I'm not speculating now. Big picture here. Is the, 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 the issue lies with how Tennessee is handling NIL and everybody wants to point to it and say it's the model for it. Now, I said this, Amanda, you probably don't even remember. It's been three months ago. I said that I. I thought there was concern about 
how the NIL issue was being handled at Tennessee. I can tell you for a fact that a lot of people, and I've known this for months, a lot of athletes are frustrated because they don't get any sort of assistance whatsoever. So remember, remember, everyone, that the administration, UT is not allowed to help. That technically is still a violation. Now, does does Josh Heupel pick up the phone and the Spire Group answer immediately? Yes. Okay? That happens. But there are a lot of Lady Vols, for instance, that are very frustrated by the lack of NIL money. Now, you can say that's the way the market bears. They're not worth as much as football players, and you're probably right. But there's some baseball players. I know of one that contacted the Spire Group, never got a call back. So it is, I, I just want to be real clear. This is, this is now officially, if you didn't think so before, big business. What is the goal of the Spire Group? Is the Spire Group to grow up a, uh, an incredible football program and rival some of the greatest ever? No. Not at all. <laughs> the goal of the Spire Group, and I'm not knocking them, this is business. They are in this to make money. And don't tell me for a second they're not thinking in the back of their heads that we can be their agents when they go to the NFL. Are you yeah. kidding me? I mean, this is a bit... So do they want to be associated with a... a, a a middle-of-the-pack baseball player who could use a little bit of cash? Um, do they want to be associated with the Lady Vols who they're probably not going to make? I mean, what do they make in the WNBA? A decent player makes like $60,000, I think. Yeah, some, so, something like that. Yes, yeah, so you want to take 10% of that? That's $6,000. That's not worth your time. No. I, it's funny to me that everyone – you know, <clears throat> oh, the NIL, we should pay the players, we should pay the players. Well, yeah, that's that's great to get on board with that, paying the players. But what you don't understand is the NIL is not set up for the players to make money. It's set up for big business to make money. That's what it's set up for. It is set up for people like Spire to make money off of the players. Now, I'll be the first to tell you when I have answers and the first to tell you that sometimes I just don't. Okay. Amanda, I, I'm philosophically, I agree with what Nick Saban has said all, all along, that it should be spread among the players evenly. I yes. get that. I get that. But business-wise, our country, I don't think it fits in line with businesses. I think that Bryce Young is worth more than their backup left guard, if you want to use Alabama as an, an example. So I'll be the first to tell you, I don't have the answer. I do not have the answer. I can tell you that if if each one of those players isn't getting a check from Dick Sporting Goods, then something's wrong because they wore the orange helmets. That is in tandem with the university. They are released at the same time. They have the Dick's logo on it. They have all kinds of feel-good events with players that show up that I'm sure are paid somewhat. 
But if they're not getting a monthly check that says Dick's Sporting Goods on it, then there's a problem. And I mean every player. I don't mean Hooker, Jeremy Banks, or even guys we know like Latrell Bumpus. I mean the backup left guard. Until you start doing that and you have some sort of baseline, there is going to be a resentment. So somewhere in between Nick Saban saying all money should be shared equally, which is not the American way. And then a guy getting $8 million for promising he'll come to UT. Somewhere in the middle is the correct answer. And somebody that goes to business school needs to figure that out because I think it last thing, I think it undermined a lot of kids dreams on Saturday. And that, that just not, that's not what it was supposed to be. No. And to Nick Saban's point, I think his, his philosophy is you start everybody out on equal, on an equal playing field. You start everybody out during the season you come in clean, clean slate, everybody's the same. So everybody has the, you know, the right to, to go for the starting job. No matter if Bryce Young's there, if somebody outperforms Bryce Young, then, then they get the starting job. With the NIL, you automatically tear these kids down to levels. You know, these are your top, these are your top players. These are your top performers. This is, you know, these are, these are the it people. If you're under that tier, you're you're less than they are. So with that being said, if you're automatically tearing these guys off, then you're automatically giving them, you know, a reason to dislike the people ahead of them, especially when it comes to money. Everybody knows that money is is really like mixing it with athletes, as we've seen, has not worked out well for a lot of people. So doing it when they're 18 to 22 years old and not even like making it even across the board, <clears throat> that's going to cause you problems. I mean, the NCAA was against people having an advantage for so long, for so long. They were against schools having an advantage over other schools because they wanted it to be fair. You know, boosters couldn't pay players. You know, schools couldn't pay players. They wanted it to be even across the board so nobody had an unfair advantage. Then they turned around, went complete 180, and was like, here, unfair advantage for these big schools that are on TV. Y'all can get whoever you want to as long as people pay for them. Like, it, it, it makes no sense. Again, the NCAA blows my mind. I, I don't care who comes up with it. I don't care if Nick Saban, Elon Musk, um... Buzz Aldrin comes up with. I don't care. I mean, just somebody has to come up with a better system. And I, I can tell you right now that Tennessee system is get superstars. And that's 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 what Tennessee system is. And I believe that um you know there there needs to be the next step for the NCAA and don't take 10 years to do this like you did with NIL, like you did with the transfer portal, like you did with or 50 years, like you did with all these other things. Don't take a lot of time to do this. There, You are the boss. You can, why can you not, and there's more money laying around than you can count. 
why can you not hire somebody to be the intermediary? I mean, Josh Heupel should never have to pick up a phone and say, this guy needs to be taken care of. He's got other things to do. I mean, why in the world would you not have an intermediary? I guess that in their eyes breaks some laws of amateurism, which we're way beyond, but have an intermediary who can say, this guy needs money, this guy needs money, this guy's coming. Now, it's a thankless job because everybody's going to come to you saying they want money, but then you are able to go to these individual institutions. I can guarantee you. Look at look at Jacob Warren. He has representation. He's gone out there and hustled. It's just a coincidence that he and I work together, but he's gone out there and hustled, and good for him. I mean, he has absolutely... I was in, you know, when I'm in Knoxville, it's hard not to hear his commercials on talk radio. So good for him. He's hustled it. He has a good, clean image. He hasn't gotten trouble with the police. But there are a lot of other people that fall somewhere in between that um, I, I just, that the NCAA just continually frustrates me on one rule after another. So we've gone from not that long ago, Amanda, that if you transferred and I'm, I think you and I've discussed transfer. I'm fine with you have to sit out a year, but the fact that they used to make kids pay for their own way when they transferred, that's a financial penalty on an amateur athlete. I mean, that's just stupid. I mean, so we've gone from that in what six, seven years to now make as much as you want, and there's absolutely no skeleton of rules to to follow. Yeah, you can't introduce stuff like this. The NIL shouldn't have been introduced until they figured out every little issue that might come up. Until they had a complete rules, regulations in place that says, okay, you can this is how it should be. This is how it can be. This is a violation. And we'll hold you to that. That that should have been what happened before they introduced the NIL. But it was like one day they were just like, you know what? I think payers should get played. Here you go. Well, now that payers, it's players should it's get essentially paid. because they lost in court. And this has been going on for 20 years because you know where this originally started. I, I, I play video games, so you might not. Might not no, know. I don't. Ed O'Bannon, who was a big man who played for UCLA. Oh, yeah, I remember. He that. was the first to lead a lawsuit against video games that use their likenesses. And they did deserve, by the way, please hit the like button. We greatly appreciate that. Helps us get the word out. Subscribe and share, but click on that like button if, you, if, you're, if you're with us now. We greatly appreciate it. But Amanda, he is the one that was 25 years ago that they had no retort to say, Oh, you do deserve a little bit of money. It's yeah, zero yeah. retort. Right, and should have been prepared for this because this is clearly where it was going. And they had no way, there's no preparation, there's no rules. I mean, what were these people doing? I'm just, I'm curious. What were they doing when all of this stuff was happening? Well, and the saddest thing about this is that we haven't even mentioned 
uh, Hendon Hooker, which we're going to do, just heartbreaking, suffering the ACL injury, adding injury to insult. Just what a disastrous day for the balls. Um, this portion of the program brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. If any of those players that are making thousands, they if they want to buy a house, they ought to go to AndyMasonRealEstate.com because he has the best prices and he has the best service in the business. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. I've used him for several transactions. He is incredible. So, Chris Landry, up next, I'll tell you what, you give me two minutes and uh, we'll be ready to talk some X's and O's about what happened with Chris. And I'm also curious to ask Chris, did he... Can he sense when there's a team chemistry issue? Because this, to me, was bigger than X's and O's. That's usually what we talk to Chris about, and we will, in two minutes off the Oak Sports. ...has risen to the highest level in over 40 years, according to the April 2022 U.S. Inflation Calculator. Will your investments provide you the income you need in retirement? Are you losing purchasing power of your savings due to inflation? Simply stated, if the cost of goods and services are 8% higher and you're only earning 4% in your investments, that money buys you less of what you need. Right now is the time to act. Call Guardian Investment Advisors today. Hey folks, Gary Viles here. I want to personally invite you to North Knoxville's newest sports bar and restaurant. It's Big Orange Phillies, located in Black Oak Center. And yes, folks, it's happening in halls. Big Orange Phillies offers family-friendly environment with homemade meals and the best deli-style subs around. Billiards, darts, jukebox, shuffleboard, and cornhole, and a full bar. We also offer valet parking on weekends and during special events. We even have a covered back patio. It's happening at Big Orange Phillies. We want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. This is Al's Desk Barbecue Supply, so come on in. See all the different rubs and sauces we have, plus a complete line of Green Mountain Grills. Don't be overwhelmed. We have plenty of help so you can produce the best barbecue in a maze for your family and friends. Barbecue is America's food. We'll do what we can to bring you all the best products. We're Al's Nest Barbecue, where Chattanooga goes to grill. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment with a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. More great news just in. Tamarian Parker is committed to Clemson. Not a great surprise. Tennessee was in the hunt for a while. He had been committed to Penn State, but we figured Clemson all along. Uh, Tennessee did pick up a power back, Khalifa Keith, uh, and a guy that I think will kind of fit that role that Princeton Fant has been forced to fit. So he is the newest ball. Khalifa Keith um, 
if you if you look at him according to two four seven, he's a three star prospect, six foot one, two hundred and twenty five pounds. I think he'll be your power back, maybe play a little bit of fullback like we've seen Princeton Pant be forced to do. Big Orange Phillies in North Knoxville. Big Orange Phillies is unbelievable because they are family friendly. They have great food. They have billiards. They have darts. They've got it all at Big Orange Phillies. You love, 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 love Big Orange Phillies right there on Maynardville Pike, convenient to North Knoxville. Convenient to Maynardville as well. And Chris Landry joins us now of Landry Football. Chris, how are you, sir? I'm doing good. Good morning. How's everybody? Uh, I think the I think Tennessee fans have been better. Um, so I wa- <laughs> yeah, I want to get I want to get into this game from uh, an, an X's and O's standpoint, which is what we we usually talk to you about. But I'm sure you've heard of all the potential unrest in the locker room that led up to the game. You talked to a lot of coaches. What can you tell us about what you, what you've heard to this point and how much do you think it affected the balls? I can't add anything because I wasn't there. And, you know, the, the second, third hand information is often inaccurate. So I wouldn't want to go there. Um, So I, you know, I, I, I just don't know that, you know, I know that supposedly a fight and maybe what led up to it, uh, I, but I don't know that it was. Look, here's the thing about it is on altercations in locker rooms, um, they happen a lot. They're not the reason for dissension in many cases. Oh, it's a divided locker room. I mean, that's what happened in the game. Oh, my goodness. It's that it, it had nothing to do with, with South Carolina doing something that, I did not think they were capable of doing this. Is a team that had 18 touchdowns all season long offensively. They got nine against Tennessee. That didn't make South Carolina better. You know, Tennessee's defense has been pretty bad all year long. Just not many people have overcome it. They, the defense was looked dysfunctional and looked bad against Alabama, but they won the game. So it's no big deal. I, I, we, we don't know. If there's a problem, here's what I can tell you. If there's a problem, you're going to know it because they're not going to show up. They're going to be divided against Vanderbilt. They're going to be, you know, problems in the trend. You know, a whole bunch of guys leaving the transfer portal that doesn't really make a lot of sense. They're not going to show up at the bowl game. I mean, you know, I mean, it's you see it over a repeated period. What happened here? Obviously, there was enough that the coaching staff said, Mr. Banks, you're not, you know, you're not playing. And that happens a lot. And there's often guys on teams that will, well, I think that's unfair to this guy, or I think it's whatever. But I think to, to throw that as a, well, that's what happened. I got news for you that, that, that there's a lot more that happened on the game Saturday night than just potential dissension. I'm- I was I was told, believe and reported that uh, this this stemmed from um, uh, an NIL disagreement, and I, I believe that to be the case. Um, and you've talked about this before, but I would like for you to reiterate the how much coaches really 
in college dislike this whole NIL thing, uh, the transfer portal, the whole entire uh, environment that is college football right now and how much it's changed just in three years or so? Oh, it's a mess. It's it's a nightmare for coaches, but they're all dealing with it. I mean, they got, they got uh, coaches, coaching staffs that are ranked in the top four that are going to the playoffs that are dealing with it with a lot of dissension in the locker room with this guy's making that. We all predicted that. We all knew that was going to happen. How you deal with it, you know, what type of people you have in, how do you – I mean, um, it's definitely happened at A&M where there's clearly some bigger issues, but it's on the field and off the field. Um, but, yeah, it's happening at places that are having success too. It's a little bit um, – Difficult because you don't have control of it as a coach. I mean, a player can go and get more money on their own, and you've got to basically the. And it's not like I've ever had to deal with NIL, so I'm speaking out of school here. But I think the way you have to do it is you have to look at it as, you know, as a collective. This is how we're going to do it, and then above and beyond that. It's up to you to be able to do that. But when you do that, it creates more of a me attitude about I need to get mine. I need to get this. I need to get that. I need more touches. I need more of this. I need more exposure. I, you know, it, it, it is anti-team, but it's not a Tennessee problem. It's a, not an Alabama problem. It's not an LSU problem. It's, I guarantee you that what was going on at LSU Cation Booty. And it kind of got his NI. I mean, that was the biggest problem in the early morning. Oh, there's this part, and it's, and it's right now the season. They seem to figure that out. How do you deal with it? And good luck trying to figure it out because I think it's going to be very individualized on how you deal with it in your locker room and how do you make sure that everybody understands and how the benefit of team success is going to elevate everyone. That's what you have to sell. And that's what you have to buy into as a player. And if you got guys that don't, you're going to have problems and then you're going to have to deal with it the correct way there. So coach Landry, how has some of these college coaches overcame this? Because we see the difference. I mean, we see a number one recruiting class at Texas A&M really underachieve. And then we see places like Georgia who, who have, who have done well. So how do we, how do coaches deal with this? Is there a rhyme or reason to who's doing better or is it just the players they have? I mean, what's going on there? Leadership in the locker room. You got to have guys that are, that buy into the team concept because as a coach, you can only do so much in that locker room. The locker room are for the players. You know, they they patrol their locker room. And you got to have good leadership there. And if players don't buy into that, then that's when you kind of make a decision. And just call it what it is. That's what happened in this situation in Tennessee. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, I don't, I don't need to have been around enough to know that, you know, one guy wasn't maybe quite into the, you know, more of the, more of the, well, what about me? What's in it for me type? And it, it got 
and they're not the only one that probably feels that way around the country and on that team. But maybe it got to, it definitely got to the point where they said, "Well, you're going to sit down." But does it infect the whole locker room? Or how, I mean, one game doesn't tell you that. Uh, one game doesn't. Uh, I think you see that over time, and I don't know of any systemic, long-range issue or problems because it's like anything else. It's like any symptom of a sickness. You've got to see how you know, like the flu. I mean, how, how, do you get bad? Do you get you know nauseous? Do you, I mean, you get you got to go through. I, I don't know that there's any alarming problem. I think everyone's looking for answers, and people tend to look for answers on what they might know and, and more importantly, what they don't understand. And that is just ran into a team that played a game that I said, they haven't played all year long. I sure as heck didn't see it. And they took advantage of a Tennessee team. That's very one-sided. We've talked about this, Dave, how long have I been with you? The the first time we've talked and doing this, what have I said about Tennessee long before they kicked off the season? Tennessee's built one way. And if that one way doesn't have success, they don't have any other answers. So if you're built on fast tempo offense and people can, for whatever reason, find a way to slow that down, what can you do? Well, they scored a bunch of points. South Carolina didn't lock down Tennessee. But Tennessee would have need, they needed to score 64 points. You have to be perfect. And when your defense is not very good and they've got the cold and Spencer Rattler looks like, you know, <laughs> something he's not looked at, maybe close to that one time early at Oklahoma against a really weak opponent, that's the closest he's looked to that. And when, you, when you're that way and your defense get off, can't get off the field, you know, the inability to be physical, to be able to run the football out of the huddle, to give your defense a chance. Look, if your defense is not real good, you sure as hell don't want to have him on the field for 70 snaps, 80 snaps a game. You know, it's, again, when you're, I always say this, I use the toolbox analogy, if you've just got one tool, somebody's going to get you. I didn't think it was going to be South Carolina, but somebody's going to get you. Georgia's going to get you. I mean, Georgia struggled against Missouri and play well. But they got other ways to be. Well, you know, the running game's not working. We'll throw it. The the pass game's not working. We'll run it. The run defense is, you know, light with two of our starters. We'll do a good job playing our guys in the box. We can match up in coverage. There are multiple ways that really good teams can beat you, elite teams. Tennessee's not that type of team. They're a really good team at what they do, but it has to be on point all the time and sometimes in an effusive way, like 65 points you got to score. You know, they didn't need to score that many points in some of their games this year. They didn't need to be perfect. But to go all the way, I mean, I felt like they were going to – because who they had that they were going to get into the playoffs. And I thought this was what happened to them was going to happen in the playoffs. I didn't think it was going to happen against South Carolina, but eventually it gets you. I've used this analogy, Dave, how many times I'm embarrassed, but I repeat it because it is the truth. It's 
it's like Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma teams. They're really good at what they do. But the higher you get, the further you get, it becomes more difficult to have that one thing. Elite teams can take something away a little bit. Like South Carolina, for all their deficiencies, they've got good corner play. They did a really good job. They forced some tight throws. Hendon Hooker, God bless him, awful to see him getting injured. Missed some throws, you know, middle of the field. The timing's off. The rhythm, rhythm's off. So all of a sudden, you can't stay on the field. Well, when you got to stay on the field and score every time, sometimes it's better if you've got a system and a style where you can score but take six minutes off the clock and doing it. It gives your defense some rest time and adjustment time to maybe get a chance to get a stop. If your defense is not good, then you've got to, right now, there's nothing you can do about it other than you've got to play complementary football to help your defense by keeping them off the field as much as possible, putting them in better, better situations. But if all you do is if you go fast tempo, that's all you can do well, and somebody can do a good job of taking that away, and you got to huddle, and you got to handle flinch pressure, and you're not real good at it, there you go. Nice season, and it is a great season. But that's the difference between really good, really exciting, and, and elite level. And, I, I mean, again, you see these upsets. The other thing is, look, when you win big games, guys, you're the target. You know, you got the pressure. Okay, you've got playoff possibility pressure. They're coming after you. They got nothing to lose. You know, yeah, the crowd's in it, all that noise. But it's about, look, this is a lot about South Carolina made some really good throws that, quite frankly, some of it, believe it or not, some of it, not a lot of it, not enough of it, some of it was covered. And he made some throws that I just couldn't believe he was able to make. There's, he's made this year. I look back in my in my film grade notes. He's made about four what I would call wild throws this year. Like, wow, look at that. That is unbelievable. He made thirteen of them against Tennessee. Oh. Thirteen. So I mean, it was like pulling a rabbit out of a hat, and then. Tennessee, no pass rush. They got one hit, one sack, and one, one pressure. Well, you know, he's hot. He's got time. you got guys that can't cover very well, right? Well, when the pressure was at least a l- enough, he was making throws into tight windows and hitting them. And then most of the time, the pressure wasn't there. Well, what does that do, folks? The guys that can't cover has to have to cover longer. It's tougher, and then so that creates separation, and then it's easier to make a throw. I mean, it was like the defense couldn't get off the field once. I mean, not at all. And so defense often gets misevaluated because if you go to bad offense, you know, and you got a the receiver runs the wrong route, quarterback makes a bad throw. Hey, get off the good job, defense. No. <laughs> Sometimes it's not a good defense. It's just the opposing offense can't get it done. And in this case, South Carolina did everything right, and uh, I didn't see them doing it. The problem with Tennessee's defense has been systemic most of the year. It's just not everybody's been able to take advantage of them. 
Interesting. All right. So if you uh, have any questions for Chris, go ahead and post them on our message board as I'm blocking out the private dating chats as we speak, which is always nice. I uh, certainly appreciate those. That means you're red hot there, uh, Chris. And, oh, that's and one. Thank you. Sure. Go, go, go to nutritionw.com, nutritionw.com, the supplement store that's about quality. And you know that what you put in your body is safe and is going to benefit you because that's not always the case at those acronym supplement stores. So nutritionw.com, their e-commerce store, you'll be in and out. That's Nutrition World, nutritionw.com. So Chris, you mentioned a lack of pressure on Spencer Rattler. I, I'm not going to try to go uh, all conspiracy theory on you, but you know we saw Tennessee do a lot of, a lot of things up front different defensively throughout the year. And I thought they were pretty bland, especially in the first half. Correct me if I'm wrong. And I wonder how much of that is when you don't have one of your key players, Jeremy Banks, because you, you're not as certain about gap integrity. Am I on to something there? Maybe. Um, I also think it was probably part of the game plan. Um, they've not been all that impressive in pass pro most of the year. I don't, I don't think they took them probably as seriously, meaning they thought they could get home with a lot of, with, without a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of games, a lot of stunts, uh, but they did blitz. They did blitz some. They weren't effective when they did it. And when they did it, they, here's the thing about blitzing folks. If you don't get home with your blitz, it's worse. You got less guys in coverage. So it's worse. So the blitz is not the be-all, the end-all. You've got to get home with pressure. So just the, the blitz is not a magic potion. You've got to execute it well, just like anything else. But I do think that they had a lot of things in play that they tried um, in other games. You're right. And, and I probably they thought a little bit more of a vanilla approach. See, I think in a, in a game like this, what they didn't want to do is – listen – they're like anybody else. They're not, they're not going to tell you this, but they looked at the tape. There's no way they could have anticipated Spencer Rattler playing this well. And there's no way that they felt like they wanted to gamble with a lot of games and stunts and give South Carolina a chance to get some cheap points. You know, because here's the thing. When you do a lot of that, you take chances. Well, when you take chances, when do you do it? You normally take chances when you're the underdog. So you try to do that against Georgia. You try to do that against Alabama because although nobody says this, you feel like we got to do something special to beat this team. I think they felt like we don't need to do anything special to beat South Carolina. We're better than South Carolina. And I think the vanilla approach, here's the issue I've got with it. You always have to have that in your toolbox. You're not getting home with pressure, and they're hitting light up. Well, you sure as hell need to find a way to get home with pressure because after the first quarter, you knew, holy mackerel, they're not letting up. They, you know I mean? It was like, is this going to stop? I'm watching it and saying, is this going to continue? In the first half, I thought, okay, is this going to continue? Tennessee gets it down to, what, three? And I'm like, okay, you know, they'll get a stop here. They ain't come close. They, they couldn't get home. Here's the other thing that 
that I say this a bunch and it doesn't resonate only until it loses. But when your defense is on the field for as many snaps every game, what week are we? We're the second to last week, right? You start to add the snaps that you play. It's not about the games you play. It's the snaps you play. You start looking at how many snaps those defensive guys are on the field by the time it's November, whatever it was this weekend, 20th, 19th. It's a factor. They looked gassed because South Carolina had the football and they were moving the football and they were keeping them on the field and they were moving down the field. Tennessee, you know, when they have success, it's quick, quick, score, score. Defense back on the field. It's, it's a cumulative effect. All of that stuff factors in. And I think it's, it is really hard to run a lot of heavy blitz looks in games when you don't have – I mean, those legs look rubbery to me for Tennessee. Off the snap, they were – you could uh, the sign of tired, the sign of – is when you don't have explosive enough off the snap and you're high, meaning you come off high. You just – you can't get leverage. It's, it's – that's what I saw. Now, is it – you know, because they were everybody was pouting because somebody stepped on the tee or something. I mean, that to me is Harry High School stuff. I, I don't know that that is – that's a more of an issue going forward more than it was in this game because I don't know how any potential problems in Tennessee made South Carolina's Spencer Rattler be like ultra sharp because, again, he made throws that, quite frankly – if he'd have hit against a lot of people, it would have been tough. Against Tennessee, it, it results in nine touchdowns or whatever it was because it's a combination of super hot performance against a really bad defense and looked to me like a pretty tired defense. Why? South Carolina was moving the football, running it. They were throwing it. They were they were making Tennessee chase, and, and that they're not built that way to be able to be on the field for that many snaps and be successful. In an interview after the game, I can't remember which South Carolina player it was, but he, he came up with the quote of probably the century when they were asking him, you know, what defensive changes did you make? Oh, do you remember that one? I do. Um, do. Can you, can you just explain exactly what that means? Because for some of us. Wait a minute, wait wait a minute. Maybe, maybe we're remembering the wrong thing. You're talking about the one where the player made a crude comment. Yeah. Where you just go out and you. I don't know that I want to explain that Amanda or Dave. (laughs) (laughs) You know that. uh, No, no, I'm kidding. They didn't. I'm glad you bring it up though. They didn't play a lot of exotic on defense. I mean, they they really played fast. They put two things that, that South Carolina did to talk about them for a second. Both sides of the ball. Spencer Ratner, part of the reason why I think he might have played well is they simplified things. They didn't ask him to do a whole lot. Just didn't ask him to, to read, be patient. Just go out there and play. And at times when they've done that, it's, you've had good Spencer, bad Spencer. You got good Spencer, unfortunately, for Tennessee. Defensively, they were very basic. You know, you talk about, you know, it was very basic. They played hard and they played aggressive. Here's the other thing, too, that I say this all the time. Yes, Tennessee was the target. What happened to South Carolina last week? 
they were humiliated. Maybe the points weren't the same. They were humiliated by Florida. They got embarrassed. And their, their manhood was called in. So what that was, it's a lot of, you know, are you tough enough? Are you man enough? Can you, you know, what are you going to, is that, is you get into the film room, is this who you are? Is this who we are? Is this who we want to be? Look at this. And you, and you take them to the film room. So I think they just got South Carolina in a big way. You watch and see. You watch and see if there's not a big letdown this week against Clemson. Not that they're not going to take. They just, there's no way they're going to play as well in my mind. I didn't think they'd do it this way. No way that they play this well against Clemson. They were responding. They were challenged by their staff on how bad they played last week. Probably the worst thing happened to Tennessee. If they played well against Florida, they're probably with a little confidence and all that. But I think the fact that they played so poorly, Nobody gave them a chance, and they're going up against Tennessee, and they can ruin Tennessee's season because that's all they're playing for. They're going to a bowl game, but they're they're not going to go to a big bowl game, and they got a they got a chance to ruin Tennessee's season. I think a lot of that has a lot to do, guys, with your preparation and your emotion. And I thought that's that's what I saw. I just didn't think I'd see it with that um, efficacy. <laughs> That's all this week. So that's that's what I take out of it. Now, Chris, I think I wrote in one of my columns that uh, Tennessee was playing for a spot in the college football playoff and South Carolina was playing in their Super Bowl. For whatever reason, they tagged that one as that was their game. That was a chance to knock <laughs> off somebody and make their season really yeah. memorable. And, and Tennessee has to get used to that if they're going to compete at a, a high level. Of course. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo, that's what makes the runs of the Georgias and to some degree the Clemsons, the Alabamas, they're the target all the time. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what Tennessee was. That was the motivation to beat Alabama and Knoxville early in the year. It was it, – it's huge. It, was that their Super Bowl? My God. I mean, you know, and just putting the goalposts in the Tennessee River and all that. I mean, it's just – they hadn't done it for – it's big, and and you're right. For South Carolina, getting beat by Georgia, who we know what happened to them this past week, and again, a lot of that is what happened to Florida. Was they still living with their win last week against South Carolina, and Vanderbilt's playing better? It's a big game for Vanderbilt. I mean, this happens an awful lot. So the takeaway is, if you're going to be great, you better be able to take on all comers, and you better be balanced enough as a football team to have something that you can win a game with, which is why I always say this, what people say, well, Georgia wasn't real impressive and Tennessee wasn't. They won. They found ways to win games. Yes. Who you play in the level of opponent. You can't sell South Carolina as a great opponent. They just had a great game, but you're going to get great games from some of those teams that are just barely bowl eligible, you've got to be able to respond to that. Maybe your passing game's not on target. Maybe they can take some of that away. Maybe they can, you know, Kentucky took Georgia's tight ends away. We're not going to let those guys beat us. Somebody else might be, well, guess what? They were patient. They ran the football, and and they had success. Well, they didn't win. They didn't score 30. You won the game. 
you know, and they weren't going to overexert themselves and try to be hyper-aggressive and make a mistake and give Kentucky a cheap score. You know, it's that's where you become elite is that you find a way to win games because you're really balanced, you're really good in all areas, and if you're really, really good, Tennessee is the best in the country at fast-paced, up-tempo, pass game, run game. But what happens when you're not quite as sharp in a given game? When you got to score maybe 50 points a game or more. Well, then if you're not good enough in a given game, that's going to be a loss or a second loss or a loss in the national play. It's That's the whole point is we've never seen a team win it that way. The, the championship level. I'm not saying it can't happen, guys. I'm just saying – Remember what I said? It's a narrow path, a narrow path against Georgia. That's all you got. If you can't go that path, there's if there's a if there's a boatload of traffic, you're gonna be stuck sitting there in traffic because there's no artery to go into. That's what I'm saying about Tennessee is that they're really good in what they do, but they're not elite in being able to do other things. And they caught a team that was really hot, and they don't didn't have the answers. Okay, I got to be honest. I was sitting here ignorant when um, uh, Amanda asked her question earlier. And now, so I was just going to be quiet. But Southside Brewer asked the same thing. What was the quote? What were y'all talking? (laughs) What's the quote? The quote is, they're asking them, did they make any adjustments about um, defense and going to the second half? And the guy said, no. We just said you have to You go out and drop your nuts. That was the yeah. quote. That's why I didn't want to really comment on it, Dave. Huh. But uh, I just yeah. I, I, that, I was just saying that meant tough enough. That Thank we you. all know what that means. Tough enough. Who said and, it though? Who I'm who a South Carolina player oh, okay. said it. I forget which South Carolina player had it, uh said it, but it was yeah. a defensive player. Wait, what to talk about our defensive talk about your defensive end. What did you do differently to confuse them? Because that way, man, you just they didn't, by the way. They didn't exactly stop Tennessee. They just got a few stops. That was just enough. Uh, Tennessee still got a bunch of yards and just not enough points. But, yeah, that's what he said. And that that is the term, obviously. Everyone knows what the term is. It's just well, I, I mean, tough I, enough. I, that's the first time I've heard that term. I obviously know what it means. It speaks volumes. But uh, Yeah, the first time you heard that he said it. And not many guys say that. It was uh, – I'm sure somebody uh, – that South Carolina media relations uh, would need to explain to them that, you know, um, you can't say that. you're not, you're not, uh, you're not in the locker room. You're not talking with your boys and uh, shooting pool. Yeah. You know, yeah. you maybe want to, it's really a crude way of saying it. I don't think that was, you know, but that was, you know, motion after the game. And that's what we did. Right? And, you know, when I hear that and I say that, I know exactly what happened the week in practice. No. Yeah. See, because I have no idea. The, the Florida that. game, they stuck. They were awful. And the man, their manhood was challenged. So it's like, well, we did. And that happens an awful lot in college. It, it's, you know, college football, the season's a sprint. The NFL is a marathon. And, you know, you see it in the NFL. You see Dave's Dallas Cowboys just throttle the Vikings. Vikings a little bit off a high last week. Desperate teams kind of respond. And 
But in college, you, the emotional of young guys, um, you know, one of the things I look at, and, and I know Shane is Shane's getting a lot of credit, and I, he deserves a lot of credit, Shane Beamer. Where was that performance all year long? I mean, that's all they got. They haven't beaten really anybody very good this year and haven't looked good. Because, again, let this sink in. 18 offensive touchdowns all year long. Nine Saturday night. That's a season. That's three games worth of offensive productivity in one game. That doesn't happen unless two things happen. You're great. You're sharp. And the defense, you're going up against stakes. And both were true Saturday night. Chris, we appreciate you, buddy. Have a fantastic week. And uh, I guess we'll talk to you on Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to you. And maybe we'll work something on Friday where we can bounce you on and get a preview of Vanderbilt, who suddenly – Suddenly so playing well, playing with some confidence. So uh, yeah. great for them winning two games. That's that's huge for them. That's really huge for them. So congrats to Clark on that. Yeah, it was Clark Lee who said um, the goal was simple, to make Vanderbilt the best football program in the nation. So here he goes. Oh. He's giving it some. Ba- ba- baby steps, Clark. Baby steps. But yeah. yeah. Doing more than I that's thought he cool. would. Yeah, yeah, he's already nice. he has already done as of November the twenty first. You go, you go. What almost you go three years without winning a conference game? You win back to back. It'll get tougher though, and, and and going forward because you know again, college football sums it up. Look what South Carolina responded after the Florida game, and look how Florida responded after beating South Carolina. Not very good. So the storyline's good in Nashville but not so good in Gainesville when they were talking about, you know what, we're going to finish. We're going to beat Vanderbilt. Of course we're going to beat Vanderbilt. And then we're going to go beat Florida State and ruin their 9-3 and three record, or which would be 9-3. and three. And we're going to go 8-4. and four. And that's a big positive spin. To, whoop, you lose to Vanderbilt. Now watch them play Florida State really, really well. Look ahead. Feeling good about yourself versus getting embarrassed. Always factor that in if you like to invest in some of these games. <laughs> Chris, we will talk to you soon. I appreciate it, buddy. All right. Thanks a bunch. If I don't, well, I, I'll probably talk to you, David. If I don't talk to you before, man, a happy Thanksgiving. You too. Okay, Thank take you. Take care. God bless. Bye bye, Chris. And we'll get into our favorite Chris, uh, Thanksgiving sides before Thanksgiving as well. By the way, cranberry sauce. Fan? No. I love it, but I like it in the can. I like the cheap crap. I don't yeah, want you to home make it. Like, stop I didn't know you making. could home make it. Yeah, they put like big chunks of cranberries and all that stuff. No, yeah, I don't want that. I want the can. Buy me the 50 cent can. Let me wiggle it out, but I'm good. I can remember we had a really busy Thanksgiving one time and somebody brought the, the can, but it had the berries in it, which mm-hmm. yuck. And Everybody was busy running around, and you know, guys sometimes just try to get away from the kitchen as much as possible, get next to the smoker, finish the bird. And I didn't even say anything. I just hopped in the car, went back, and bought the canned <laughs> cranberry sauce without the berries, and just laid it there. And they're like, "Oh, I didn't realize we got both. Yeah, I must have just picked up a couple of the wrong ones. I'll take the one without the berries, please." So sometimes. In the mass chaos of holidays, you have to just take things uh, into your own hands. So, Zach England, speaking of uh, taking matters into his own hands, can do that against uh, the big-time attorneys that, you know, the insurance companies 
are going to hire. Well, with Zach England, Zach of Best and Brock, he is one of those big-time attorneys that's going to defend you and make sure you get what you deserve in any sort of personal injury uh, lawsuit or personal injury case. And you probably deserve more than you think, too. So think Zach England of Best and Brock. Again, just Google Best and Brock or Google Zach England, and you will find him in the Chattanooga area. And he is phenomenal. More after this, this day in Tennessee sports history. And we're going to get to a little message board bingo where we give stuff away. How fun is that? The other thing I want you to make sure to notice, I'm not wearing, you can't see that close, but I'm not wearing contacts. I'm not wearing glasses because of my friends at Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Hahn. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor and Hahn are local in Knoxville and they want to take care of your eyes, be it LASIK, which I had, or cataracts, or whatever the case may be. That's Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn. Back in two minutes. Sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK vision correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Hey folks, Gary Viles here, Viles Automotive on Callahan Drive. I've been selling cars here in East Tennessee for 27 years. In that time, I've come to realize it's not about the car. It's about you, the customer. So I'm here to take care of you just like family. Good credit, bad credit, you name it, we can get you taken care of. If we don't have it, we can find it for you. We go across the country to get any vehicle that you want. And here at Viles Automotive, we don't believe in fake numbers. We just give you great deals. And as always, we want, we need, and we appreciate your business. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get the Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. This is Steve Rain. I own the Midnight Oil and Michelin Tire Direct service station here in Ottawa. It's not a fancy place, never has been, but it's a clean place with clean restrooms and good folks who work here. We sell gas and fix cars, nothing glamorous, but we love what we do and we're going to keep doing it for a long time to come. There's not many real service stations left and that's a shame. We're the guys just like the guys back in your hometown. We'll fix your tire, change your oil, and put a new set of Michelins on your car. If you want a Twinkie, you'll just have to keep on going. Thanks for the business. Welcome back. Here we go. It's time to get to today's... No, I'm sorry. This day in sports history. We do that right now. This day in sports history is brought to you by our friends at Zool Beer Company. Don't forget Zool Beer Company xulbeer.com if you're listening on one of our audio formats because they have great parking downtown and worldwide award-winning craft beer zool beer company is now and they bring you this day in sports history three putting things in perspective exclusively on off the hook sports with dave hooker you're so old when you were a kid rainbows were black and white and amanda lafrata new kids on the block just called they wanted you as a backup dancer all righty here we go november the 21st 
And we go back to... Can you believe it's almost the end of November? No, I cannot. Tennessee defeated Kentucky 59-21, to scoring 32 points in a row as T. Martin threw for 189 yards and a touchdown to Cedric Wilson. That was back in 1998, a sign of great things to come as the Vols would win a national title that season. And Kentucky was one of the final steps in that national title. So this day in Tennessee sports history is brought to you uh, by our friends, in part by Pedigo of Chattanooga, locally owned. And Pedigo of Chattanooga also has a service department. So they're going to sell you the best bike. But if at any point anything ever goes wrong with it, you can get it serviced there. If you just buy online, that's not going to happen. And you're going to have all kinds of issues getting your uh, your vehicle serviced. And with, uh, again, Pedigo Chattanooga, they've got it all right there. So Pedigo Chattanooga is fantastic. We didn't go with um, today's tough question. And uh, do you want to go ahead and do that now? Because, Amanda, I feel like I have one out there. It's not the most inspiring question, but uh, might not get people ultra excited. But I I do have... Uh, one that I wanted to kick around. It's this, it is uh, today's tough question right now. We do our research. Have you done your research? We're working like heck. Today's tough question. What's the real debate? You sipping my soup, Guadalupe? Exclusively on Off the Hook Sports with Dave Hooker and Amanda Lofrada. You drinking my sake, Kimosabi? Oh my God. All right, what do you think? This is the biggest loss in Tennessee football history since the 2001 SEC championship game. Uh, yes, no, definitely. How do you want to phrase that? Because I, I believe it is. Because that so game. You, that one, that's the one you want to go with? I think so. Unless you got something better. I'm open. I was going to say what should happen to Jeremy Banks. Okay, I can roll with that. I think that's what everybody, that's what is on everybody's mind. I don't think anybody wants to, like, think about the law. I think everybody's just like, let's just put this behind us and continue on. Shoot, what do you got on Jeremy Banks? I want to say if, well, we know that they got into a fight. Altercation, I, I was not able to confirm that punches were thrown. It's confirmed that Banks and Hooker got into an altercation and say uh, what should happen to Jeremy Banks. Um, well, I mean, I can, I can tell you what I would do. Um, I mean, that, that would be to me, that, that would be the end of his time at the Tennessee. I mean, I would I would agree with that, but some people might not. Okay. It should be like, what should a hypo, what should a hypo stance be or what have you? Uh, yeah. I mean, at the same time, you know, he's he's a senior. Um, so it's easy to cut bait, but 
if you want to be viewed as a player's coach, and oh, most of the time when I use that term, Amanda, I, it's a negative connotation. It's a guy that gets pushed around. I don't mean that in any sort of a negative connotation with Josh Heupel. I think he cares about his, uh, his players. Um, I think that um, you know, he is a player's coach in a positive sense. So if you want to continue and have that look as a player's coach, then you do something and you try to help him, right? You get him back for the Vanderbilt game or the bowl game. I'm just thinking out loud. I think, I think we're past that, especially with the the whole 2019 arrest. I think, I think let's cut, you should probably cut ties. Okay. So what are the options? I'll tell you where I'll go. So I'll say nothing. He's a senior. Um, I'll say South Carolina was his um, punishment. Missing USC was was his punishment. And then I'll say he should have to sit during the Vanderbilt game, and then he should be kicked off the kicked off the team. Uh, I'm fine with that. I would just. Cut bait. I would just cut bait. I mean, I would just say it's been a good. You're done. Yeah, I mean, because really the Vanderbilt game, I mean, is meaningless now. So what what type of punishment are you really giving him? And I I, I want to say this pragmatically. I don't want to say this emotionally. And and feel free to chime in on what you would do in the Jeremy Banks situation. But if 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 what I have been told is is true and what I've reported to believe true, I would take it a step further um, than even that because usually it's it's worse than you're even told. So I would say, um, you know, really punishing him for just the Vanderbilt game. Amanda does nothing. Um, there's there's no. There's nothing great to gain out of that. But if you punished him for the rest of the season, that's bowl gifts that could be at the, you know, sugar bowl. Maybe he doesn't want to play in it anyway. Maybe, you know, he might well say, I just want to walk away. I'm done with it. But at least that way I, I would be able to, to make a statement. Um, yeah. Hit him in the pocketbook where maybe is where all this started. Uh, Daniel says he shouldn't play the rest of the season, but don't hurt him going forward. Good luck with his chances in the NFL. He will find out pretty quick about his image in the league. Mitchell says once a punk. Um, people do change. Daniel says that they do, but he's not true. He's not, it doesn't seem like he's on that trajectory. No, people change, but it doesn't mean you have to sit around and wait for him to change either. Yeah. So no, I would I would cut bait. Um, so, um, good luck with his chances in the NFL. Um, he'll find out pretty quick about his image in the in the league. I, I man, I'll be frank with you. When I look at Jeremy Banks and um, his his image in the league, um, I I don't think much of this will affect him because in the NFL. He's going to be a middle-of-the-road player, and if you cause any sort of disturbance in the locker room, they're just going to cut you. You're done. Good. Yeah. Good Unless I mean, you're somebody 
first rounder. And even then you get maybe two years to, to really shape up. But unless you're, unless you're a first rounder, then they don't, they don't care. You're, you're gone. There's plenty of, of fish in the sea for the NFL to choose from. And if, if you're nothing special, then, then you're gone. They don't care. And they might not even take a chance on you, especially with stuff that's, if you have a, a past, like we see that Jeremy Banks does, I mean, they might not even think you're worth the risk. Yeah. I mean, it will definitely limit the amount of teams that are interested in you. Do you? Do you think it will? Yeah, I think it'll limit the amount of teams that they're that are interested in them. In okay, him. let me ask you this: Which part, the police part, going way back a couple years ago, where he threatened the police when he was in the back, and you have stupid Jeremy Pruitt trying to talk him out of letting him go? Golly, I forgot. You know, watching all that stuff yesterday, I forgot how bad it was. So, do you think it's that, or do you think it's what happened last week, or do you think it's a combination of the both? Um, I think it's a combination of both, but more more of what happened last week because a 2019 is a long time ago. So you've had time to change. If that was the only thing that happened, then maybe you can you can disregard that. Um, but that was a very me 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 type situation. This is a very me 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 type situation. And if you can't have a player, you can't have a player in a locker room cause this much this many problems like you can't have that especially not in the nfl where everybody's getting paid a bunch of money like you can't have that that's not good for you or for anybody and we've seen where people can be cancers in the locker room can be special players aka antonio brown and you're just a cancer see ya but i think you and i would agree he is not of that ilk talent wise and I- no and Tony no, no, no. Brown at one point was one of the top receivers in the league. It's Jeremy, not the top, yeah. I, I think where it comes to the head is pretty early when they say, hey, Jeremy, we need you on punt coverage. Mm-hmm. Like, what? And No, I don't. I'm not doing that. I'm, that's, a, line, that's, I'm, I'm a linebacker. Listen, yeah. you just got 52 dudes in the NFL. Yeah. 53, including that emergency quarterback. You better be able to be willing unless you're – you know, unless you're one of the Josh Allen or a great quarterback or something like that, you better be willing to play special teams. And if you're not, they're going to find somebody that is. And, you know, he probably hasn't had to do a lot of that at Tennessee, but he's going to have to do a lot of that in the NFL if he wants to continue uh, his career and he wants to make a little cash. I mean, that's that's got got to happen all right it's time for message board bingo we got an opportunity to give away some stuff first remind you that we're brought to you in part by viles automotive group right there on callahan viles automotive group is absolutely phenomenal and viles automotive group man when it comes to selection they got it when it comes to car service they got it viles automotive group is absolutely unbelievable. So it is time for Message Board Bingo, brought to you by Craft Treats and Owl's Nest Barbecue. Craft Treats as the treats that you need because uh, your pet might be suffering from, I don't know, arthritis or digestive issues or anxiety. Well, I'll tell you what, Craft Treats can take care of that. Go to crafttreats.com, use the promo code off the hook. Again, off the hook, please support our sponsors. They are all 
ones that we use if we need their services or would if we did. We believe in them. And then when it comes to Owl's Nest Barbecue, you've got expertise right there in Noodle Wall where you can get all kinds of sauces and rubs. And you can get just absolutely fantastic Green Mountain Grills. So let's get to it now. Message board bingo. Here's the way it works. Amanda LaFrada will read out the post. And if you can tell us which team's message board it was posted on, then you can choose between a gift certificate to Owl's Nest Barbecue or you can win a gift pack. I'm sorry, a gift pack to Owl's Nest Barbecue or you can win a gift certificate to Craft uh, Treats. They're awesome. Awesome. CraftTreats.com. Use the promo code off the hook. And here we go. Our coach is god awful. You, this coach lovers, need to realize what what it now. He's an awful game coach in, and in way over his head. First-time coaches don't belong here. This is a Big Ten school. Uh, I thought I had it before you said that. No. First-time coaches don't belong here. So Ryan Day is a first-time coach, but nobody's complaining about him. Take out Michigan. Uh, Mel Tucker was a first-time coach at Michigan State. Smoky Mountain Red says A&M. No, it's a Big Ten school. Try again, Smoky Mountain Red. Uh, Smoky Mountain Red said, I just heard awful coach. Um, uh, I'm, I don't uh, – Orange Blood said Nebraska. No, they don't – do they even have a coach right now? They've got an interim. Oh, I don't count that as a coach. I don't either. Uh, do you want to try another one? Because uh, Wisconsin, Gene says Wisconsin. They have an interim as well, don't they? Yeah. Smoky Mountain Red. Oh, Smoky Mountain Red said the Sooners. That's not the Big Ten. No, I'm not Smoky All Mountain right. Red. Not. Uh, uh, it is Ohio State. <laughs> yeah. Why would they I be don't... upset? I don't know because they're insane. I mean, they're insane. They could win it all and win and the play, have a player win the Heisman. Yeah, because they're insane. Okay, last one. We'll do one more real quick. All right. Refund on our collective donation. I'd rather take my money to Vegas. This is an SEC school. I don't know. Is it Tennessee? <laughs> No, it is not Tennessee. It would make sense. It would, but it's not Tennessee. Uh, Smoky Mountain Red said, I'm not sold on Ryan Day myself. I'm not either, but, I mean, he's doing pretty well so far. Yeah, uh, I have nothing to complain about at this moment. Yeah. Uh, Daniel says A&M. Texas A&M. Mm, nope. Oh, I thought that might be it, too. Mitchell says Tennessee. All right, read nope. it one more time. Refund on our collective donation. I'd rather take my money to Vegas. SEC school, not Tennessee, not Texas A&M. Florida. No. A&M again. Tennessee again. Guys, what happened? We're saving on stuff. By the way, I've got um, <laughs> I've got some uh, hooker shirts that we'll be giving away. I do want to take a second, though. I mean, nobody passed away in the big picture of things. Sorry. Do you want to know who it was? 
That's oh, sorry. Yes. Oh, Miss. It's Ole Miss. Oh, Ole Miss. and Mitchell wins. Mitchell, here to me. And you can reach out to me. And we'll take care of you. Um, I do want to say something quickly. I mean, I mean, no, but nobody died. Um, there's wars going on. There, th- this is a sports injury. So let's keep things in perspective. But boy, I'll tell you what. It was just uh, gut wrenching, heart wrenching to see Hendon Hooker go down. And you see those non contact injuries, and it feels like 99 times out of 100 that they're bad. So you felt that. And, you know, there were tears after. And it just um, yeah, across the board, you, you, you feel for him. And, you know, I, I will say this, though. I don't know that Hendon Hooker is going to be a great NFL quarterback. I've talked, we've talked about his accuracy before. I think that this offense is based off pretty simplistic reads, and he's going to have to make a, a a lot of improvements to his game to be an NFL quarterback. So, a lot of times with a guy that's had that much success, I would say you're almost better off getting hurt earlier in the year so that you're ready for the combine. In this case. I think Hendon Hooker had one heck of a special year and one he'll never forget, and he deserved that. And if that's it, if he doesn't have success in the NFL, and who knows, Josh Dobbs I didn't think would make it in the NFL, and he's still hanging around. Um, but yes, even, if that's, even if that's not the case, Hendon Hooker had a very special year. Hendon Hooker is going to be a coach one day that's going to lead men to faith and i um can't say enough how much respect that i have for hendon hooker and what he's overcome to get to this point if, if you don't know those at virginia tech questioned his ability to play in the cold threw him under the bus it was just one thing after another and a special kid yeah he is you know a guy that there are a lot of guys out there that are idolized, Amanda, that if people really knew what they were like behind the scenes, you would not Yeah, yeah um, Tyree Kill. Yeah, yeah. I mean that and even even guys who just aren't good dudes that don't do terrible things. But there are yeah. a lot of those guys out there that are mean. Majority of them of of athletes are I was yeah. just it's funny you say that. I was just you know bumping around in my head i was thinking probably 75 percent are guys that you really don't exactly want your kids to grow up being like um you know we've been we've been very blessed to work with guys i would love for my my kids to grow up like and that's uh cooper mays and jake warren and from all that i can tell hendon hooker is one of those as well so um yeah we'll, we'll see what happens with joe milton and the future of tennessee's quarterbacks or and that room is very deep but Hendon Hooker was way, way more than a guy who threw the ball and ran the ball. He was an inspirational leader for this team. So God bless him. God bless his family. And um, know that you meant a lot to the University of Tennessee. There will be a story going up on offthehooksports.com just comparing him statistically to what he did. And um, that doesn't truly encapsulate him, but I think you'll find it's a good read. For Amanda LaFrada, I'm Dave Hooker. This has been a presentation of Off the Hook Sports.